When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, right, welcome to another edition of the Wolfpacker Podcast. I'm hosting today Matt Carter here, joined by my buddy Matt Coe. We got Matt C and Matt C in the house. We got to come up with a new name. MC Squared, maybe? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like it, man. I like <laughs> it. So uh, before we uh, get started on the MC Square Podcast, let's uh, give a shout out first to our sponsor, rogueshop.com. You've heard me talk about them before. Uh, a great natural way to deal with any kind of um, sleep deprivation or anxiety issues you may have or some chronic pain issues. If you're looking for a natural supplements that are completely legal, um, this is a cannabis-based product that really can help out with some of those issues. It's a mom and pop, a mom and uh, a, a small business, I should say, uh, um, husband and wife team. Um, the husband is a former veteran who uh, took some of these products to help him deal with some of his issues. And it has helped him greatly. So he's trying to help others out. And um, take advantage of their website, rogueshop.com. They have a chat feature. They have all their products online. And they're also on our message board. So if you have any questions, I know a few people on our message board have been talking to them. Um, they're more than happy to help out and listen to us. They're really trying to help out. So take advantage of them uh, that offer. Also, we have a $10 special on the website that'll carry you to the start of next year's football season. So that's basically what? My math isn't great. I went to NC State and didn't major in engineering, so that tells you that my math can't be that good, right? So I think it's nine months. But listen, things are about to get really crazy here. I already had some transfer talks um, from offers for the football transfer portal. December is like their silly season. If you're a basketball fan, you know it's April and May. In college football is December, so up on board. There's going to be a lot of rumors. Uh, we got a couple of football commits apparently looking at taking official visits to some other schools. I know Ethan has talked to one of them today, uh, today Wednesday, uh, Tuesday, November 22nd. Talked to one of them on the phone. He already has an update on that. So just a few of the things to look forward to. And by the way, you can get this podcast wherever you subscribe and listen to your podcast, please rate and review and like and whatever else you're supposed to do. Also, subscribe to our YouTube channel where you can watch this as well as all the post-game press conferences. Um, I screwed up the one on Saturday against Elon. Matt Coe did actually videotape it for me, but uh, technical difficulties on my part uh, led to that one. So, um but we normally have them on there. We're trying to get up to 2,000 subscribers. We're, we're well on our way. Really helps us out. I'll give you a hint. If you subscribe to us, we actually get a little bit of change on the side for all the videos you watch. So help us out there. So I think I got it all. Three minutes. That was my goal to get it all out of the way. So let's talk some basketball. NC State basketball. Really big week. That's why we wanted to do this podcast. Because starting Wednesday at noon, we are going to learn a whole lot about entry state over the next three days. So before we talk about that, what we can talk about is what we think we know. 
because frankly, they, they're 4-0, two really good games, two, I would use the word sluggish, maybe, games. Um, four not-so-great opponents, I think. Campbell might be a little sneaky, solid team, I think, but um, so I'm going to throw it to Matt Coe. He's the one that's actually been at all four games. I had to miss the one Saturday for football coverage. Um, Matt, what do you think you know about NC State before we go to the Bahamas? Right. So you, you hit the nail on the head there. Two really great stellar performances and then two pretty sluggish so-so performances. Uh, one thing we know for sure, and this is without a doubt. I, I had them marked as a top five ACC backcourt. I think that Terquavion and Jarkel could fight for top three, maybe even two or one backcourt. That, that, I mean, that backcourt is just so, so good. Uh, really, really complement each other well. And we haven't really seen the emergence of Jack Clark as of late. Now, he did put up, um, I believe it was 21 points, 21 and nine um, against Campbell. Elon. So that was our Elon. Thank you. Um, And so that was kind of his coming out party, which is really nice. One thing that I've noticed a lot over the course of these four games is that Jarkel and Turquavion are going to get theirs. And even when they don't, we've had players step up. There's players on this roster that when you need them to step up, they will. Casey Morsell shooting nine of 13 in his last two games from beyond the three point line massive. I mean, that is so important for what this team needs. Um, Keats mentioned that he wants to shoot a lot of threes. He's proven that over his tenure here. And they need a knockdown shooter. And I'm not ready to call Casey Marcel a knockdown shooter, but he's playing like it. And that's what's important for this roster. So the guard play has been exactly what we need the guard play to be. And you're getting a, a nice combination of a yin and yang between Mahorchich and Burns. You get a score, you get a bruiser down low. Um, so the team, as far as 4-0 goes, I think the team, there's players on this roster that really complement each other well. It's a good buildup of a roster. Yeah, yeah, you and I were kind of talking before the podcast. I, I pick it back off with you. I, I really like the backcourt. And, you know, Jokel maybe didn't put up the bestest of numbers against Elon, but you know, right there, there aren't that many guys in the ACC putting up numbers like Jarkel Joyner has so far, and that's not unusual. We saw it with Wake Forest last year, right? With the, I, I forget the guy's name that he came from Oklahoma and ended up being an ACC Player of the Year candidate. Alondis Williams. Yep. Yep. Put up, just put up these numbers, so not necessarily unusual to see an ex, an explosion in production. And you hope that confidence, which I think it will, is Jarkel. I mean, we both talked to him. He exudes confidence. You yeah. know, he, he, yeah. he believed in himself. And I think it comes from the fact that this is sixth year in college. So, mm-hmm. yeah, he, he probably knows that there's some guys that are more talented than him on the court. Yeah. But he, he's not scared of them. Because to them, yeah. they're probably like kids. Yeah. You know? he, he demands respect on the court. You can feel his presence on the court for sure. Yeah. Um. And Tequavion, it, it, the bucket getter, we all thought. I think the development of Morcel could be really big. Remember, he had this start last year. Mm-hmm. And then he twisted the ankle against Nebraska by his own admission. 
probably came back too soon from that. Right. Lost his confidence, and then wasn't really a factor in ACC play. So I think this is kind of a big week for Casey Morsell. I want to see he's healthy. He's doing well. I had somebody tell me last week, Matt, that uh, he makes all the threes in practice. It was just a matter of him translating that to the games. Right. And, um, you know, he, he's done it against some weaker competition at home. It would be really big for him, I think, if he could make like a go three for seven against Kansas or something like that. You know? Yeah. Was it the uh, – it was the Campbell game that he shot four for six? I believe um, so. Yeah. Right. And – when we asked Keats after the game what Casey Morsell means to this offense, the potential of this offense, he had mentioned that Casey's doing something that he wasn't doing before, and that's driving the basketball. So yeah. it's creating that open look for him on the three rather than just sitting on the corner and, and just running back and forth. And and that's not what we need him to do. Um, he has that ability to go inside and score. He, he's pretty nice around the rim, but – uh, but yeah, that that three point shot is going to be vital for this for this team for sure. I think you and I had the same concern, so I'll set it up and let you tee off on it. But in the two games that they did really well, Austin P could not handle the pressure. Yep. FIU wanted to play that game, and that was like you know that's like you got two teams that want to play the same style. Mm-hmm. The team that is not just better, but significantly better, is going to win that style by a lot. And yep. all that with a, a lot of back and forth, um, turnover, steel fest that NC State enjoyed against FIU. Against the two teams that were very much more ball control, and deliberate, and, and took care of the basketball, Elon and Campbell, you saw two sluggish performances, as we kind of used the word to describe I don't think that's a coincidence, and I don't think you think that's a coincidence. And your thoughts? What, is that the main one of the main concerns? Because it's going to lead in nicely to one of my big concerns about Kansas. Yeah, it's um, it's interesting if you you know you go down the stat line. It's obviously early, but if you go down um, all their stats, they're very similar. Um, I, I think that the type of defense Kansas plays is the type of defense NC State wants to play. Quite honestly, NC State's defense is not very good, um, to, to put it lightly. But, yeah, turnovers are going to be the name of the game in this one. And uh, that's one thing that NC State does well. They're um, fourth in the country in fast break points and 25.4 a game. So when they steal the ball, they get out in transition. They've got a lot of players that can really run the floor really, really well. Uh, Kansas right now is averaging 11.8 per game turnovers-wise, which is 90th. So – that number, that number is going to be important. As long as NC State can turn the ball over, great, fantastic. We got a shot. Uh, if they're not, I just don't see how this defense is going to stop anything in its way. What's great about it though is that the offense is playing great. The offense is playing phenomenal. Uh, can they keep up with Kansas? We'll see. Uh, but yeah, turnovers are going to be the name of the game in this one. Yeah. Why is it? Do you think NC State? In the first four games, why is it that the two teams that took care of the basketball, why do you think they were able to hang around? Well, we saw Elon play zone. Yeah. And um, I know that Keats had mentioned that he knew that they were going to play zone and the the team really had a hard time handling that. I wonder if Kansas does the same thing. Um, I think – 
the thing about Jarkel, so Jarkel probably had one of his worst games early on. Um, still managed three assists, seven points. I believe he had two rebounds. So it wasn't his best game. But um, isolating one of Jarkel or Turquavion and asking others to step up. And the two games that NC State looked their best is when both Jarkel and Turquavion were on fire. Mm-hmm. Those other two games is when you got a – so-so performance shooting-wise from Turquavion and Jarkel was taken out of the game or the quite opposite. Um, And that, I believe, um, a couple games ago was Turquavion that shot uh, 0 for 4 from the field. Just was a complete no factor. That was the game actually against Campbell. Um, And that's going to be the big key component. The transfer out of Texas Tech, Kevin McCuller, um, he's probably – if not the best defender in the nation, one of the best. I'm interested to see who he takes on between Turquavion and Jarkel. I'd argue he's going to probably guard Jarkel. I mean, uh, excuse me, Tar- uh, Turquavion. Can Turquavion get past him? That's going to be a really big factor. But uh, taking one of those two out takes a big chunk out of what this NC State team wants to do offensively. That's how you attack this team. Yeah. You also got to mention uh, they they. Dejon Harris, is it Dejon or Dejuan Harris for Kansas? Yeah, point guard is um, also with an all-conference, all-defensive team for the Big 12 last year. Yeah. So you got two defensive players on the perimeter. And I add to it, the thing that scares me about Kansas is, is Harris's assist-to-turnover ratio. Yep. This year, 25 assists, four turnovers. That's an over six-to-one. Yeah. And that's not a fluke. Now, he was the starting point guard last year. He's one of two starters back on the national title team. Yeah. He's still uh, in the nation in scoring, too, at 24 and a half. Like, the, the kid can ball. You're talking about Jalen Wilson. Yeah. I'm talking about Harris, the point guard. Oh, excuse me. I thought you were talking about Wilson for a second, but yeah. Yeah, yeah Harris was, uh, had in his career, three to one assist to turnover ratio. And then you mentioned Jalen Wilson. He's simply one of the best players. In the country, 24 and a half points, 9.3 rebounds. He's the other returning starter. Jalen Wilson and Dave John Harris, kind of their two returning starters. But Harris and McCullough gives them a really good one two backcourt defensively, in particular. And yeah. so you got both Joyner and Smith will be going up against high quality defensive players. And Harris's ability to take care of the basketball against the NC State press where we talked about in the two games, NC State really piled up the points. They turned the opponent over a ton. In the two games that they did not roll to an impressive victory, the opponent took care of the basketball fairly well. Mm-hmm. Uh, will be also interesting. I think the, the reason why the Campbell game was tight is because they ran the Princeton offense and they ran it through the five, the five, at the five, the center, mm-hmm. the post. Because he had the ability to handle the basketball, pass the basketball. And that's a tough assignment for Mahorsic and particularly Burns to kind of pull out. And I meant Elon was tight, not necessarily because I thought Elon took care of the basketball. I think State was just ice cold. Even before yeah. they went to the zone, they were just ice cold Yeah, that game. And good to have a bad shooting performance against a bad team versus a good team. Um, you still win the game. But – I'm interested to see how it plays out because Kansas is not going to turn the basketball over like NC State probably wants to do. Yeah. And they got two guys that can match up against your two best players on the perimeter. 
you would think this is a tough matchup. Mm-hmm. I will also say Kansas doesn't shoot the three, particularly other than the one guy who I really don't like saying his name on the podcast. So I'll, I'll let you handle it if you want. But he's 10 for 20 on threes. The rest of the team does not shoot that many threes very well. They're not particularly a big team. Right. It's not a lot of, it's not like a, you're facing. They rebound the ball well, though. They, they do, do rebound well. Yeah. Um, and I think that's one thing that NC State does well this year, so far at least. I think they've rebounded the ball pretty well. And Mahorchich was one shy of his career high last week. Um, they, they get some good numbers. It's, it's a team effort in terms of rebounding for both teams. Yeah. Um, obviously, Wilson has nine a game, um, which is kind of in the same boat as NC State where you have your one guy that that's a really good rebounder, and then it's a team effort from there on out. There's a lot of similarities in this team. I mean, you know, we were talking about turnovers – it's who can take advantage of what the other one does well. You were saying how Kansas doesn't turn the ball over. Well, that's what NC State does. They force turnovers. They're tied for 19th in steals per game. They make you turn the ball over. So one's got to give. It's either going to go this way or that way. One's got to give. Um, I think the key to this game is going to be Jack Clark. Can he be that assertive scorer? And like he was in the last game against Elon, can he demand the ball? We've seen him for three straight games kind of let the game come to him. And that's great. That's fine. I, I actually prefer that when you have two guys like Jarkel and Turquavion. But when one's off or when they're both possibly off with such a great um, defensive backcourt like Kansas, you got to be the guy. You've got to step up. And I think everybody can kind of come to an agreement that Jack Clark is the third scoring option for this team. Um Another guy that I really want to see have a better game who's been kind of quiet since the first game of the season is DJ Burns. Yeah. You know, you you had mentioned that the the bench, I, I thought it was a really great quote. You said uh, having a bench is more of a luxury than a uh, necessity. And I, I completely agree. But having that six man um, that can score like DJ Burns can just takes so much pressure off of the backcourt because um, – we're going to go as far as this backcourt takes us, right? If we can just help them out a little bit, we can make this interesting. Um, so those are my, my two guys to, to really watch out for. I agree. I think Clark, by the way, really helps with the rebounding. I think he's the best. You know, Torin Dorn was really good at it, but he yeah. was 6'4". And I think Clark is really a perfect fit for what Kevin Keith wants to do. I mean, it's yeah. essentially a fourth guard, but he happens to be 6'8 with a long wingspan. And surprisingly, mm-hmm a really good rebounder. He's a really good rebounder. And if he could, um, you know, just start, he's got a really nice shot. You know how I know his shot is really nice? When he misses, it's been about three or four times this year where the ball almost bounced in off a high bounce on a three-point shot, which just shows mm-hmm. he's got a soft touch. It's not one of those that bangs off the, the, the rim and, and it's a long rebound 10 feet away from the basket. He's had three or four that just go straight up and almost went right back in. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's just a matter of making shots. But, hey, I believe when they went to the Bahamas, didn't that was one of his uh, exhibition games? He had, like, six threes or something like that. Yeah, he had a number of threes, also secured a couple of double-doubles. So Obviously, he likes this being in the Bahamas. So, but I agree with, with DJ Bones. I, I thought first game he looked really good. I think I don't – almost looked like he's trying to find himself. Right. It seemed like he was forcing it a little bit. 
Yes. The yeah, definitely. Um, it does not just get quite seem comfortable after that first game against Austin P. Yeah. You kind of go from the flashy play rather than just sticking to what you do best. He's trying to make these, you know, no look passes down low and just, yeah, just body him up, my big man. Just, just body him up. You got the size. <laughs> Sometimes when you get it in the post, you don't necessarily have to make the decision for the entire play, if that makes sense, right there. Yeah. Sometimes you can say, you know what, I'm not feeling this. Let me pass it back out. See if I get better, better position, better angle. Something else, you know. Um, you don't have to make a decision that will really dictate the entire play once yeah. you get the ball in the post. So, um, we'll see how that plays out. I think Kansas is not really – you can correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think they're a really big basketball team. They don't really start a big mm-hmm. – They're not big, but, I mean, they make up for their size. I mean, they kept Duke to, what, 64 points, I believe it was. I think they beat Duke 69-64. Um I mean, if you're stopping that offense, I just don't know how this team is going to fare up. This is just a, a very big game for – I feel like it's not necessarily a turning point for the season. You know, I I, I don't think that's the case. I mean, we're only four games in, so <laughs> relax, everybody. But this could be a – all right, NC State's for real. Like, NC State's on the map. I mean, the you're seeing how just horrible the, the second half of the ACC, the bottom half is. Um Clearly, NC State is in the mix for the top 10 right there, I think, through four games, just seeing how everybody else is playing. This could shoot you up into the top six, possibly. I mean, this is this is a massive, massive, massive game for the implications of what this team could be and what this program could be. If you want fans to get back and, you know, invested in butts into the seat, I know that was a big topic for football over the last couple of weeks, but uh, th- this is how you do it. You win this game. That's going to be one of my questions. I, I agree with you. Probably too early to talk about make a break, obviously. I mean, you and I both know. Look, there have been a lot of teams. Let's look back at Carolina last year. Nobody wants to look at Carolina. I get that. But reality is, in February, they had no good wins on their resume and were very much a bubble team. Mm-hmm. Come end of March, they were playing these very same Kansas Jayhawks and up big at halftime, looking like they were going to win a, a freaking national title yep. after being that team in February. So it, that's just a way of saying, hey, remind everybody, the same Kansas team with the same team NC State fans were probably cheering like crazy for in the second half when they overcame the largest deficit in NCAA championship game history. And two, um, it's a long season. So you can't put too much on this game. So. With that caveat, I do think this is a, a nice perception game. Mm-hmm. That, a, the ACC and NC State need you. If you have visions of being in the NCAA tournament, probably want to win two of these games. Not yep. make a break if you don't win two, but really, 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 really helpful if you win a couple of these games. Then it would help the ACC out because the ACC needs some of these wins. Frankly, only Virginia is carrying its weight right now. Yeah. Come to quality wins. Duke has only played one game. They'll get their quality wins, I'm sure. The only one they played, they lost. UNC hasn't played any quality games yet. And they've um, looked bad doing it, too. Yeah. So, um, I would say Virginia Tech had some nice wins, but nothing of high, high quality. Um, yeah. Miami had a nice win, I think, over Providence, but then got blown out by 
Maryland, I believe, mm-hmm. the next game. And to your point, you know, you got winless Louisville. You have one win Florida State. You have Boston College that hasn't had a nice win yet. Wake Forest has gone to the buzzer in a couple of games against mid-major teams. Yeah. Um, Clemson lost to South Carolina. Georgia Tech just lost to Utah. There was a nice game. They just lost to Utah. Uh, it, it, Pittsburgh has looked terrible in their quality game. Syracuse lost. To, good Lord, I'm going on and on. You get the point. ACC needs a good performance from NC State, but also NC State needs it too because just aren't going to, unless there's a dramatic turnaround between Thanksgiving and Christmas, we're going to go into a second straight year in the ACC where you start looking at the ACC schedule and you say, my opportunity for quality wins are not as frequent as you would expect in the ACC. Therefore, I have to bank some of this non-conference stuff on end the ACC because you might have more opportunity for bad losses then you have quality wins. In yeah, the that's a that's a fantastic point. I feel like it's very top heavy right now. The ACC, um, you're, I don't want to say you're running out of opportunities in the non-conference because, quite frankly, there's just not very many with the way the schedule is made up, in my opinion. But you play this game. The winner of this game gets the winner of um, Dayton and Wisconsin, and then the loser plays the loser of that game. So that's still another quality matchup, however that one shakes out. And then obviously you get that third game. And then later in the non-conference you get Furman, who I'm very high on. But like you said, the ACC, I mean, if you're not inside the top six or seven, you're going to be kind of caught in a trap game where if you win, it does nothing for you. If you lose, it does everything against you. Yeah. Um, so when putting your name next to this is a – this is the type of game that if you're on the bubble, let's say NC State's on the bubble come March, you can point at this game and be like, nope, no, nope, we're off the bubble. Like, this, <laughs> we, we just beat Kansas. Like, th- this is that game. On a neutral court, too. I mean, on a neutral court, yeah. So, this is your, your golden ticket almost. Um, so, there is a lot that rides on it, but it's not like it's season-ending, season-altering if they were to lose. Um, quite frankly, I, I'm sure 99.9% of the population thinks that we're going to lose. I mean, it's Kansas. Let's be real. You know, like that's that's not a, a diss at NC State, but it's just it's Kansas. Kansas um, would be favored in ninety eight percent of the games they play this year. Yeah, exactly. So you got nothing to lose if you're NC State, and that can be kind of dangerous um, with a, with a team like this. As good as Kansas is, as good as that defense is, as well coaches. By the by, the way, uh, Bill Self, his first game back is going to be against NC State. Um, self-imposed okay. suspension. He didn't want to go. He didn't want to go five games because he was scared of NC State. That's what it was. <laughs> uh, I, I think that's the God saying, "Well, wait, wait hey, time to give NC State a uh, a good old <laughs> butt right now." Yeah, yeah, yeah that's that's the basketball gods just messing with us. <laughs> um, no, yeah. but like we've got guys too, and and I don't want people to act as if we don't. I mean, this backcourt is legit. There's a lot of great compliments. Um, this is going to be one of those games where we're not going to go deep into the bench. Um, if we can play seven guys, I feel like we're probably going to only play seven guys with that eighth guy being maybe Ernest Ross. Uh, so really going to need a, a pretty damn good performance between either Jarkel or Terquavion for us to have a, a chance in this one. 
goes without saying foul trouble too. Neither one can get which, yeah. uh, which did play a role in the Elon game. You did have to see a Bouillon pass, LJ Thomas backcourt yep. in that game. So that that you can do that against Elon might be too soon to be doing that against against Kansas. So mm-hmm. I won't tell you the last time NC State played in this tournament, six years ago now, nobody thought NC State was gonna beat number two Arizona with God, what's the name of that big guy? That's DeAndre Ayton. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody thought NC State had a chance, and they really, you know, they controlled that entire game. Yeah. Against um, Kansas. I believe Braxton Beverly had a big game shooting three pointers that day. And um, NC State did not win another game in that tournament. I believe they lost to Tennessee and then Northern Iowa. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) <laughs> You're making me feel old right now. Oh, my God. I remember exactly where I was during those games. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, point being, that that game changed the perception, though, of NC State. Yeah, definitely. And that was another uh, – that was in Keats' first year where he was not necessarily on the bubble, but he wasn't off the bubble kind of situation. Yeah, that was one of those where they ended up being in the 8-9 game with uh, – Yeah. I forget who they – Seton Hall in Seton that 8-9 game. But um, the reason why they were in that eight nine game because they beat Arizona, they also beat Duke at mm-hmm. home for that year, and they had some nice wins late in the year. I think Florida State at home, they blew them out. They blew out Louisville at home. Yep. So um, yeah, that team ended obviously ended up making the tournament. So yeah, that was kind of the only non conference win they could hang their hat on. But it was bigger, right. than that. and that Arizona team ended up being like a four seed, if I recall. Right. This Kansas team probably. Given their history, you're looking at a one or two seed because they win the Big 12 year in, year out. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, to your point, if you get into a bubble situation and the first thing they look at is quality win, we're going to be at the top of that list every single time if you're in the bubble because no team is going to have a neutral court win. Yeah. One, one last player I do want to highlight. And for all my NC State fans out there that are paying attention to the recruiting trail, MJ Rice, another <laughs> one. Could this potentially be the MJ Rice breakout game? Um, I sure hope not. That would really suck. <laughs> he's only played a couple games, right? Yeah, he's only played a couple games. Hasn't really done much. Um, I just – I just, man, that, that would be so NC State if he came out and just put up like 12 points and six boards against us. I just okay. – I don't know. I'm just being yeah. a typical NC State fan. Kansas really only pl- – I, I wouldn't be surprised if Kansas goes seven, maybe eight like NC State. In the yeah. Game. Depending on how it unfolds, obviously. Yeah. But this is not a game where they're going to be free-flowing on the substitutions. I mean, let me take a look at the Duke box score because that's probably your best indicator of what to – what to expect from a rotation standpoint. Yeah. Well, time to hit the mega runway. Me and my babies are putting on a mega runway. Sorry about that. That's your ESPN box score. You ever notice when you pull up ESPN? And they got the ads going and everything? Yeah, that's start going on you. All right. I apologize for that, folks. I love it. That just means that uh, that surprise is a good indication that we're going to win. That's just all that means. In that game, uh, 
Kansas played uh, nine guys, but one only played five minutes. Really, all five, four of the five starters played 29 minutes or more. So yep. they're not necessarily a, a deep bench for Kansas, too. So real quick, to wrap this up, who would yep. you rather play in the second game, Dayton or Wisconsin? Uh, give me Wisconsin all day. Uh, sorry, NC State fans. If we play Kansas and um, Dayton, that's not going to look pretty. You're going to get a lot of angry NC State fans because, as you guys know, I love my mid-majors, and Dayton is as legit as anybody else in this uh, tournament. I do not want to have to play both Kansas and Dayton. I like my chances against Wisconsin versus Dayton. Okay. And then uh, the third game, I'd love to play Butler just because, you know, Shout out to Manny Bates. <laughs> we'll cross that bridge if we have to. So. <laughs> All right, for everybody, noon, noon Wednesday, first tip at noon at ESPN. Um, I'm a big baseball guy, and the play-by-play for the Chicago Cubs, Joe Ciambi, will be doing the play-by-play for this. So, what's your uh, what's your prediction? <clears throat> I think it'll be somewhat similar to the Purdue game last year. Which is another game not many people gave NC State a chance in, and they quite frankly should have won just a couple of mental mistakes late in that game. We um, really pre- prevented that from being a, a win, but um, I think it'll be a very close competitive game. Probably give the edge to Kansas pulling it out late. Yeah. I'm going to go with. 83-72 Kansas, but I don't think it's going to be a, a blowout. I think it's just Kansas is going to kind of run away with it a little later. It's going to be a close, tight matchup, like you said, the whole way. And then the score is not going to indicate how close the game could have been. So, 83-72. Got it. Got it. See how it turns out. Fun, it's exciting. Finally get to see a uh, – I shouldn't say – right, no disrespect to the other four teams. Finally get to see uh, – a, a really good test for NC State. So, all right, for Matt Coe, I'm Matt Carter. Just a reminder, check out rogueshop.com and also please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to your podcast. Also subscribe to our YouTube channel. Matt, you want to give a shout-out to your Twitter handle real quick? Uh, yeah. Um, everybody go follow me at, at underscore Matt Coe. Be sure to follow the Wolfpacker. Uh, tune in to all the post-game interviews, videos, everything. Lots of great content on there. Lots of great stuff. Everybody on the Wolfpackers doing a great job. So uh, be sure to check us out. Sure. All right, Matt. Appreciate it. We'll uh, we'll talk again. MC Squared, I guess. The MC Squared. MC Squared. Is that a, um, no, I'm not going back to chemistry because I can't remember anything <laughs> in chemistry class. So. All right. We'll do it, folks.